0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever and with fishing booker you can experience it too no matter where you are discover your next adventure on fishing booker
1: through hiking is the only activity where others are impressed with how tiny your pack is sean powers
2: dark horse is screaming in my ears and juicy jay's like rapping about being Jeffrey Dahmer and I, I go from, oh, this is really going to hurt to, oh, this, I could break my leg to finally like, oh, I'm going to die because I'm getting like 10 miles an hour, 15 miles an hour, 25 miles an hour. I'm trying to kick my feet. My hiking poles are gone. I use my elbows to stop and it completely stopped. All the skin on both of my elbows just gone. So these like two red streaks and like one weird brown streak right in the middle, but my bag completely held up. And it it ripped a little bit where like understandably I remember I shot up and I was like checking myself because I was just full of adrenaline. There's the blood over my hands, blood over my legs, and it took like 15 minutes to like go up and like grab my stuff. I, I can share a picture with you to get uh, to give you some context.
1: I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Mirror pod.
0: John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck.
1: Welcome back to another week on the trail dirtbags and hiker trash. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's guest who hiked the Pacific Crest Trail in 2021. And now I've talked to a lot of types of thru-hikers on this podcast with all kinds of different sorts of angles and stories to share. Today, though, we're going to hear a story like no other. Welcome to the John Freaking Mirror Pod, Sean Powers. How's it going, Sean?
2: Good. I'm nervous. This is uh, this exciting
1: it was quite a buildup right I mean that's that's quite the intro and I know you're going to live up to it
2: no pressure I don't know I think you are, you oversold it it's it's I don't know this is going to be one for the one for the garbage
1: <laughs> all right now hey you you through hiked the PCT we go by trail names here on the podcast if at all possible I'm Doc uh, it doesn't say that on my paycheck or my driver's license I imagine that having been on the trail for 2600 plus miles you may have picked up a trail name
2: Yes. My trail name is shame. And it does, it doesn't say that on my paycheck, but it says it all over my face.
1: Shame. The, uh, and you know, shame. even better than the trail names are the stories behind the trail names. So I'm excited to hear the story behind shame.
2: It was the first day. Um, I, it, we, got, uh, what is the lake called? It's like Laguna, like the first lake from the border. It's a kind of like the first stopping point about 20 miles in, um, we get there. Everybody's excited. Everybody's thinking and talking about trail names. And I was like, Hey, my name is Sean. She goes, shame. Your name is shame. I was like, yeah, I grew up Irish Catholic in the Midwest. I am shame. <laughs> so as I started to tell that story, we we, we started to test out other things, but everyone's like, no, 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 you're shame. You're keeping that. And um, built up and built up over time, told people I was like the traveling walking comedian and uh, just out of nowhere, I was like, yeah, this is kind of like my walk of shame. So very scripted, very awkward opening, but that's that's exactly how it happened. That person who uh, named me that was Banana Legs. Um, and funny enough, I have a tattoo of banana on my leg. So I was like, this is, uh, it's, serendip- it's it's conspiracy level thinking, but it, uh, it all it's full well-rounded.
1: <laughs> so much to unpack right there, Sean. So much to unpack. Uh, number one, why do you have a ba- banana tattooed on your leg?
2: I don't know. I thought it was like funny. I like to do on both sides of my body, like a fun tattoo and a serious tattoo. So I've got like my PCT tattoo here, and then I've got a hot sauce for my taco meat because I've got a, a very weirdly hairy chest square. It's like a chest lawn. If you're um, not watching this on, on one YouTube, side,
1: if you're not watching this on YouTube, you're missing out. If you're just listening to this, uh, you know what? Pause it right now. Stop. Move over to the YouTube feed and 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 see as Sean is showing off his. Tattoos and his weirdly shaped patch of hair on chest his chest. lawn. There you go. Chest lawn. Um That's if you another great to subscribe. right there. Chest lawn.
2: Chest lawn. Nice. Um, if you want to subscribe to my OnlyFans, um, up to you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Banana so, like right, So I've got... Yeah. I wanted to get two tattoos. I thought it was interesting to get one in like two languages I didn't I didn't know or understand, so I've got control in um, Hebrew on my left leg, and on my right leg in Arabic. It just says bananas. Nobody ever knows what it is. Nobody's ever recognized it. Everyone's like banana control, and I'm like, no, no, no. They're not connected, but they're kind of connected, but they're not really connected. So, um, yeah, I, I could make a lot of crude, weird jokes about it, but we'll just, we'll just, we'll just charge through. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. Now, one of my fears with tattoos in foreign languages is that, you know, I'm told by the tattoo artist, this is what it says. But then when we get out in the real world, you know, I I discover that, oh, lo and behold, this is not what that says. This says something else. Uh, any any concerns about that?
2: I think that would make it better. I hope it says like daddy's bitch or something, something bad. Do you have any tattoos?
1: Uh, You know, a couple summers ago, I got a life-size tattoo of myself. It was very painful, but uh, I think it came out pretty good.
2: Living in pain, I can see it in your face, I, yeah, like just yeah. behind the eyes. Yeah, nice.
1: So shame—it's a great trail name because it's got a certain feel to it. It's one syllable. I'm—I'm I'm a big proponent of short trail names. If you have a very long trail name, if someone—if something dangerous were happening and they had to get your full trail name out to get your attention, I mean that, that could be disastrous. So I think oh, I, think I, I would
2: leave them dead for sure. Anything mm-hmm. with two syllables or more, dump it. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm moving on. Right. You're getting eaten by a bear. Bear's easy to say. If, if if it was any other animal, still moving on. Um, yelling out shame also might be an indication of you know it, it 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 might be counterintuitive, but it might cause people to look. If you yell out help, people might look. People might want to want to try to help. But if you yell out shame, they're like, oh my god, something's interesting. The gossip is going on. I need something, to go see see what's something happening. Something is
1: going down. Something's going down. <laughs> it involves shame. I am tuning in. Let's let's find
2: out what's happening here. Um, and where does your trail name come from, Doc?
1: You know, it's it's really not. I don't have a great story. It is, you know, I have a doctorate, and so the guys I was hiking with called me Doc, and that's just they should have
2: just called you. What did you get your doctorate in? Educational leadership. Should have just called you debt <laughs> Yeah,
1: very appropriate. <laughs> yes, that's right. You know, with with the uh, with the doctoral stipend in my position, you know, it'll pay pay for itself in about forty years. So we're we're good. Oh
2: hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just chipping away at it. <laughs> nice. I feel like I'm always 10 years either like I'm finally at the age where I finally have money. And if I had this money 10 years ago, I would have been great, but everything's more expensive now. And it's just like everything is always like just just out of reach for me. It's like finally when I'm like, I'm ready to party, guys, let's go. Everybody's leaving.
1: Yeah, that's it's kind of like knowledge too. I mean, if if I knew back when I was sixteen what I know now, man, I would have been so dangerous. But uh, you know, with my current level of knowledge and my current my current uh, state of being, it really it's not a whole lot of help.
2: I would have just I would have killed myself way earlier, Just saved myself the, the 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 time and the shame the 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 sh- the shame, if you will. Nice shame,
1: shame on you. All right, hey, yeah. shame uh, Shane, shame. Have, have you have you had a chance to listen to the podcast before?
2: I'm so sorry. Not oh,
1: yet. It's okay, I, I, that's it, okay. Life, I, I,
2: it's I think it's better sometimes. I
1: think it's better sometimes if I have guests that have not listened to the podcast, they're just coming in fresh. It's going to be a, a unique perspective. So I only ask because I want to make sure that you are aware of a segment we have towards the end of the episode. We call our pro tip inside of the week. And that's where I'll turn to you. And I'll say, "Shame! what bit of trail wisdom can you share with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better? So don't be surprised.
2: Okay. Um. Don't, don't don't give it away now. I'm prepared. I'm prepared. Hey, I'm, I'm to not it. gonna give it away. Okay, I, I, I'm on. gonna hold on to it. I'm actually not even gonna share it because I do want to hang on to it. I'm gonna take your advice and hang on to it and not give any advice. Yeah. So if you
1: have <laughs> if you have an, uh, an urge to share it, if it comes up an uh, appropriate place later on the podcast, but we're not to the pro tip, don't don't get hang on to it. Don't you know use use that self control you have.
2: Uh, no, you got to, one, I had to get a tattoo to my body, but two, if you ask my wife, I always come way too fast, way too early and in, in the wrong time. So it, it's just not my thing. Timing. And that's why I didn't pursue comedy. is just, I, I suck with timing.
1: All right. We are going to put the uh, E, the explicit uh, signifier in the podcast here.
2: Um, <laughs> Do you want me not I, to swear? I'm so sorry.
1: You know, it's it, it, sometimes swearing. So, you know, to to fully express you know what we're talking about, it's it's appropriate. But uh, you know, it's it's not a, it's not a problem just to push the uh, the e button. So no problem.
2: All right, since the e button is pushed, is come a swear word? Is come a bad word? Can you say come? Dev, I said come too many times.
1: <laughs> it depends on the context. So I mean, <laughs> yes, I, th- I think I think we've hit our limit there.
2: Okay, I won't say it anymore. And it does depend on the context. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm I'm
1: just- At I'm what just... point
2: are you going to realize that this was a mistake for you?
1: <laughs> I might already be there. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Okay, here we go. The Must Bring Gear Review. Hey, shame. another feature we've been doing this season is the Must Bring Gear Review, sponsored by the Ultralight Backpacking Gear Company, Six Moon Designs. And here's how it works. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike or a multi-month hike, what is the one specific gear, piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So, Shame, what is your must-bring piece of gear? What do you have to have out there?
2: I'm gonna give a shout out to um my gorilla bag. I completely forgot the brand, but I know it was gorilla's big yellow bag. And the reason I'm mentioning that, and I know it's sponsored by a different bag. So apologies there. Hopefully you don't lose oh, no. your sponsorship. No, no problem. Um I had over, overloaded it, and it ripped, and I kind of lied, and I was I was a total asshole, so I, I want to give a shout-out and, and an apology, because I was like, I've got a big social media following, and this bag ripped, and it said it could take this much, and I, I overpacked. I had like 40 pounds of ultralight gear in my ultralight bag, so it definitely wasn't ultralight, but was really excited about all of my ultralight things. Um, well, they, even though I was a dick, or, it's, I'm sorry, I can't swear, even though I was a bad person. <laughs> they decided to uh, send me a new bag completely free. They're like, hey, just you know, stop being a jerk. <laughs> I got the new bag. It was at um, uh, Kennedy Meadows, the, the, the Kennedy Meadows North. And there was this spot between Kennedy Meadows North and Tahoe where um, there was just a lot of snow and people kept calling it the, the, the death shoot. And at that time I was listening to Katy Perry. I was just re- really in a Katy Perry phase. I just went through these like big phases. And it was the song Dark Horse with Juicy J. And in when I was listening to it, I was like, I am Juicy J. And I can't miss my moment. And I'm walking towards this death shoot. And it's 100 feet down. And it's like pretty sheer. And I can see there's two pathways. And I was like, well, I'm not going to go down a little bit. I'm going to take the pathway with with, with the most uh, tread in it. And it started to go and I slipped. And I was like, oh, no big deal. I'm going to use my hiking poles and both my hiking poles fell out of my hands and I slipped and shot down this tube. Dark horse is screaming in my ears and juicy J's like rapping about being Jeffrey Dahmer. And I not listening to it all, but like I go from, Oh, this is really going to hurt to Oh, this, I could break my leg to Finally, like, Oh, I'm going to die because I'm getting like 10 miles an hour, 15 miles an hour, 25 miles an hour. I'm trying to kick my feet. My hiking poles are gone. I use my elbows to stop and it completely uh the, all the skin on both of my elbows just gone so these like two red streaks and like one rear brown streak right in the middle but my bag completely held up and it, it ripped a little bit where like understandably but like the bag ev- like for the rest of the hike I had that bag um it took like probably like, I remember I shot up and I was like Checking myself because I was just full of adrenaline. There's the blood over my hands, blood over my legs, and it took like 15 minutes to like go up and like grab my stuff. I, I can share a picture with you to get uh, to give you some context. And then finally, I see somebody walking across. I was like, "Hey!" And they're like, "Oh my god, did you just fall down there?" Because they could see like the, the the big slip, and I was like, "Way down there!" I was like, "Yes, I'm okay, uh, bloody." And they're, I was like, "Could you wait for me?" And they're like, "Yeah, of course." So like, I slowly get up. I slowly cross. And then they're they like helping me check. We did a little medical stuff. Most of my trail family was ahead of me. And I finally see them. They're like, holy crap, what happened to you? And I, I told them the whole story and they're laughing at me, making fun of me. My whole, like you could see my butt cheek, like my, all my clothes were ripped. The bag held up. And the fact that they had replaced that bag, it was like karma just coming to just like wipe me in the butt. <laughs> and I get to the hostel and, um, there was, I forget the hostel's name, but it, it, it's, it's in Tahoe. Do you know which one I'm talking about?
1: Yes. Yeah. I don't remember the name, but I, I, I know, but I know about the hostel there.
2: We'll we'll edit this in post, just add it yeah. in post. Um, it. <laughs> I get to the room and there's someone uh, I'm in the top bunk and there's someone in the bottom bunk and she had like all these like band-aids on. I was like, did you fall down the desk chute? And she's like, yes. I was like, me too. So we like instantly trauma bonded over that. And, um, her and her husband ended up coming to my comedy show way later. So it was a, it was a fun. That's the reason why I would recommend that bag one, because they were super nice to me when I was a jerk to them. And two, it held up being like slid down a hundred, 110 foot, like just death shoot.
1: Again, a lot to unpack right there. I love this. This you, there, We've got a couple of highlights. One is this is the earliest time in any podcast, any previous John Freaky Mirror podcast episode. And we're, we're on 200 plus. We're like on 220 episodes now. Uh, this is the earliest time we've had an apology in the podcast. So congratulations <laughs> there, Shane. Um, that's great. I also want to talk about the fact if you load up a backpack with 40 pounds of ultralight, what, what, when does the quest Stop the quest to become ultralight stop. I mean that there, there's something there's something unusual there.
2: Oh yeah, it's just I I'm a creature comfort. Didn't actually have 40 pounds, it was like 38 or 30, like seven, like but who's counting? I mean, you're the duck, so you you want to get specific, but um I had all this like comedy stuff. So I had like a little hand. Um I had all these like punny jokes. I was basically like hair top. But if you know my personality, I'm more like a carrot bottom, <laughs> and um, especially like carrot top is jacked. At the end of this, at the end of this, I w- I looked like rail skinny with like super jacked legs. Um, so I definitely wasn't a carrot top. I was more of a carrot bottom. But got it,
1: got it. And that is a great image of you sliding down, almost to your death, could be to your death, uh, listening to uh, to Katy Perry and Juicy J. With with Dark Horse. I mean, what what a way to go out.
2: I know. Hey, California, you only get one shot. And it's like, if your chance appears, you gotta take it.
1: <laughs> gotta take it. Gotta take it. And it was not lost on me that you had two red streaks and one one brown streak in the middle. That uh
2: that's comedy gold right there. Shitty comedy. Sorry, yes. I keep swearing. But that's I the, mean you know, fun e's and
1: fun. Are, the E's already on the episode, so there
2: you go. <laughs> Shame with a capital E. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, and that was that was probably one of the one of the better stories associated with a must bring piece of gear. So uh, kudos on that as well. And I love the fact that you trauma bonded on the trail. That's a new term. I have not heard that before.
2: Um, I I stole it from a coworker, and uh, every time I say it, that's what everyone says. They're like, "Oh my god, I've never heard that." I'm taking that, so I cannot take credit for that. That goes out to anonymous coworker. We'll call him Sean Powers. <laughs> I'm okay. Shane.
1: Got it. Got it. <laughs> All right,
2: it's the hiking poll.
1: All right, time for the hiking poll. Shame, you ready for this? This is these are seven questions that are gonna help me give you a score on the sanity scale from one to a hundred. One being completely insane, one hundred being completely sane. You have to know that there's an automatic twenty five point deduction for anybody who's done one of the American Long Trails. So already your top score is seventy five. Oh yeah. Yeah, if I were to ask your family or or your family or friends, hey, what, where would you score Sean on a, a sanity scale from from one to a hundred? Where do you think they put you?
2: They would score themselves at like a one hundred that I make them insane because I was like practicing jokes. i will constantly apologizing for stuff. If I am the record breaker of earliest apology, that does go into into why my name is shame. So if you ask them, they would rate themselves as insane for wanting to spend time with me. If they're going to rate me, I would say maybe a 20. Like sometimes I'm funny. Usually I'm just really annoying. I have little brother energy. So I like got constantly needing attention, affirmations. Um, I'm constantly apologizing to people. So overall, I would say a 20 because it's, it's that like little endearing part that a little brother has. If they drive you to the point of insanity and then you're about to burst and then you say something, and you're like, ah, you got me.
1: Little brother, energy. I mean, the 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 one-liners here are just just rolling off the tongue. Now, just to be clear, the lower the score, the more insane you are. It's the sanity scale. The higher the higher the score, the more sane you are. So, is it twenty they would give you, or was it an eighty they give you?
2: No, no, they they give me the twenty. It's just just sane enough. I I said the wrong thing with them. They would give themselves a zero after hanging out with me. Uh-huh. They would give me the I, twenty to be like I, you're just I, endearing enough to like not completely make me want to push you down the dash suit. Uh-huh. Maybe I was pushed. Maybe this is a conspiracy. Right. It's an inside now, job.
1: Now I, I have two sets of questions and I'm torn on which set to ask you. Set A has to do with traditional hiking questions. Uh, set B has to do with the big issues facing our world right now. And you could probably spend an entire episode or maybe an entire podcast series on any one of these questions from set B uh, because, because already you, you've got just, just comedy gold dripping off your lips. I, I I'm, I'm torn which way to go. Usually with my first, first time interview with somebody who is a, a legitimate hiker, I would ask them the, the seven questions having to do with, with hiking, but I I don't know. I, I I'm it's a to, it's a toss up right now.
2: Let's let's test it out because I, I think I might just be trying to force the funny at this point. Let's relax. So let's do a little a and B. And see which one goes because oh. I think okay. I'm like just overwhelmed with the amount of people who have opinions about these these world changing ideas, which is fine. Everybody's got an opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'm going to advance anything. I think I might make like, the funny one liner, but I'm, I'm not, we're not. We're not we're not curing anything here. We're not solving anything. We're not
1: anything. solving any problems here. No, got it. Got <laughs> I'm
2: it. not the person to solve, so I might. Oh uh, yeah, let's try. Let's try first one of A, first one of B, and then and then you. You're the doctor. You 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 then prescribe it.
1: That you know what it might be, it might be a good rhythm. I might just go every other. I'll just alternate Okay. until we get to seven. And before we get to that, I think we need to clue everybody in as to where you are right now. I'm I'm in Southern California. Where are you calling in from?
2: I'm in Bogota, Colombia.
1: Wow. So I think this is my first interview with somebody in Colombia. Nice. I've done I've done New Zealand, Germany, Croatia, UK, of course.
2: Uh,
1: but first time in Colombia. <laughs> of
2: course. So, hey. Of course. Yeah, of of course. Um, yeah, I used to live, I lived in Guatemala for three years, Colombia for three. Um, and then with the pandemic came back and that's what really like sparked my wanting to do the PCT. Mm -hmm. I, it was me and a bunch of divorced women who were really inspired by the movie and the book wild. And I remember seeing that and I grew up in the Midwest. I'd never heard of anything like a long trail. Um, like, I I couldn't make a joke there, but dump it. Let's move on. Um, Mm -hmm. I told my uh, my family, I was like, Hey, when I move back to the United States, I'm gonna do this. And then I moved back. I had a, a little bit of money saved up, so I was like, I'm gonna do it. Um I've also yeah, wanted hold, to try stand up comedy. Put so... a pin in
1: that, put a pin in that because yep. we're gonna come back to that. We don't want to okay. get ahead of ourselves. So let's get back to the hiking pole here.
2: And and you by the way, you don't want me to use the C word. I, I don't want to use the C word and I promise <laughs> you I won't say it again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now were you were you in an ugly sweater contest earlier? Is that is that what uh, you yes
2: really excited about this um yeah. to the listeners out there i told doc i am massively hung over i was going to a 12 beers of christmas party where every 30 minutes you drink a beer and i just i can't do it i can't even like look at alcohol right now just ugh, i know it's a thursday i'm drunk for two reasons or i'm hungover for two reasons one because i'm an alcoholic and two uh there's a big holiday in colombia called dia de las colitas so i'm with my um my wife is colombian we're with her family, partying, having fun, and ruined my dad. Colombia has ruined my dad. Twelve
1: All beers of, of Christmas. Twelve beers of Christmas. Those Colombians know how to do it. I, I have not heard of that, but you know what? That's intriguing. This this might be a new family event for for Doc and the crew.
2: Nice, I like it.
1: All right. Hey, back to the hiking pole. Seven questions. We're going to alternate. This is the first, another first on the John Freaking Mirror pod. We are alternating between set A and set B. Enjoy, listeners. This is going to be good. Okay. Here we go. Question number one from set number set, set list A. Got Trekking poles or no trekking poles?
2: Trekking poles for sure. Gives you okay. something to do. Go
1: ahead. Uh, I was going to say, your... it's good to give an explanation. Just in case I disagree with you, you can at least can kind of convince me to your, your, your way of thinking.
2: Okay. So one of the reasons why it gives me something to do, I had the best triceps I've ever had in my life after the PCT. And now I've just got like, I've got a bird tattoo here and it I just, it's my flappy bird. So one nice workout two a variation of things to do three. I'm a drummer. So I, it, it was just like super fun to tap and and walk and get in rhythm. And you, you really feel, feel like you're just like, at first it's kind of awkward as, as you get your rhythm going, but I, I just feel like I can't hike without that motion. And you can just, I feel like you get kind of lost in the mantra of the clicking and the clacking, the click clack mantra.
1: That's great. I've heard a lot of explanations so, as to why to use trekking poles. I, this is the first time I've heard, you know, it's great for the triceps. I mean, really defined triceps. You want to impress <laughs> the ladies?
2: Michelle Obama. Or, or the guys? I had Michelle you know, Obama right
1: here. Nice. You never know. Yeah. All right, question number 2. Uh from set B, let's go with uh does pineapple belong on pizza? One of the big issues yes. out there.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um I think let me get on my pundit hat and let me give my opinion because now this is like CNN, Fox News. Like this is what matters. Like we've got two talking heads. Let me t- let me tell. Let me talk. Over- I think we should have a couple more people just arguing and just getting nowhere. Um, it's almost it's it's like a, a news circle jerk and you know circle jerk because in the end I'm, I'm still I'm still a jerk. I think pineapple and pizza. Let people have fun. It's okay. It's okay to enjoy life. People enjoy. it. Tomatoes are fruit, pineapples are fruit. Get over it.
1: Okay. It's okay to enjoy life right there. I mean, that right there could be a pro tip. I hope that wasn't the one you were holding on to.
2: That was. I told you, C-word. You we can't we can't keep bringing it up.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm
2: going to keep referencing the C-word so that you have to put it in the beginning of the podcast.
1: <laughs> oh, here we go. All right. Question <laughs> number three. Let's go back to set A. And okay. uh, let's go with your preferred shelter system are you a tent guy tarp hammock bivy or hey let's just cowboy camp
2: i started off as just like a typical like right out of like the rei mannequin just like right out of the store and i was like all about setting up the tent with the rain fly like i'm in the desert with the rain fly that was one of my biggest regrets near the end of the trail was just i wish i would cowboy camp more so one especially for the first part of the the hike enjoy life have some fun be under the stars. You'll never be in it like Well, I'm a straight white man. So you'll never be in a safe place like you are in the PCT. I never had to fear anything, but (laughs) that's because I don't know a lot of privilege. I shouldn't laugh about that, but enjoy it. It's nice and open. And then as soon as we got into Northern California, Oregon and and Washington, I wish I just had one of the, the Z pack, just really easy to set up. Hiking pole tents. I ended up breaking my hiking pole on that geyser death chute. Uh, so it actually did save me, but I'm really glad I didn't have i have got I had a freestanding tent, but I really only needed the freestanding tent like once or twice. Um what's the big hotel at the end with the brunch? But I, I'm not the, articulate you, today. I apologize. The the overlook? Yes, I was at the overlook. And that's, that's well, I know setting, it's not the actual <laughs> overlook. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, it felt like that for me uh, because it was so windy and it was just nuts. That was the only time I really liked a freestanding tent. Other than that, I am um, kind of free- – it's like when you're in an interview, you kind of forget what the question was and you just kind of ramble. I'm at that point right now. So I'm just going to kind of abandon this and let's move on to the next question.
1: Okay. okay. Fair <laughs> point. Question question number four. We'll go back to set B. Here we go. Uh, this is a big one. People wrestle with this. I know during the holidays even, I mean, this, this could be good um, – holiday dinner table conversation. Do you roll the toilet paper over or under?
2: It's definitely got to be over. My dad always puts it under. And this is like, we're here to unpack my issues with my dad. I know. But growing up, he, I don't know if it was out of laziness or spite, or if like, he just like slowly wanted to like, it's like, Chinese water torture in terms of just psychological unpacking that we'll have to do, but he always puts it under and I always brought it up and he would just give it like a smirk and he just, he'd be like, Oh, I, I didn't notice. Sorry. And it just always did it. So now I'm like adamantly over. He was
1: contrarian. He, I mean, he just, he, he, because somebody else wanted it over. He, you know, he deliberately said, I'm going to do it under.
2: Well, from my asshole to him being an asshole and we could even go with the, the, the under joke, but Again, I, I, I already, we are, we got the E. I'm going to leave it at that. I, I've said too much. I've, I'm forcing, I'm forcing this. Con- I, this is, this is terrible. I told you this is going to be the worst podcast you've ever had.
1: I, I am glad that we're able to help you address some of the lingering issues with you and your father. All right. Question number, <laughs> uh, uh, question number five, when you're out there on the trail, when it comes to food, are you, uh, do you prefer a stove, cold soak or stoveless? <laughs>
2: the people who are cold soak cold soaking are sociopaths and i i don't know what they're doing out here because the only thank you okay finally i think we're we're in alignment because
1: you've gotten one right yes right
2: (laughs) the one thing i looked forward to and got me through those extra couple miles at the end of the day was a hot meal and just just dump it into my body and then go to sleep i did wake up every single morning with like intense t- level 10 diarrhea where I was just like, I need to count down from five or it- it's, it's going to happen. Like this was, is- this is going to be the most expensive poop bag in the world. It- it's my like ultra light Z packs sleeping bag. But every morning I was like, I'm pooping at 10, nine, eight. And I, because mm-hmm. I have this stupid freaking And I have to run out and dig my cat hole. I-, I did a lot. I had a lot of shameful on. Un- I was not the good cat hole person. Never take my advice on building or, or doing, like, I've had to apologize a lot on the, I would check gut hooks. Like, honestly, I would check gut hooks like once a week and go back to like previous comments to make sure that people didn't see my cat holes or see the, like just chaos that I've left behind.
1: Shame. I, I think I may know where the problem lies there. You talked about building a cat hole. You don't build a cat hole. You, you, that That's like erecting a structure, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you gotta, gotta go the it, other it, direction.
2: No, it's like, it's like catching a fish. I, I You have to like build up all those like currents together and then you just shit right in the little house. Cause you're trying to build that little John Muir hut everywhere you go. That Not everybody does that. You don't, you didn't do that.
1: Uh, hmm. shame. shame, shame. All right. Shame. Question, question, question number six, back to set B here. Uh, this is, this is one that kind of as uh, goes to the root of societal degradation. Do you use okay. the Oxford comma?
2: Yes. Big fan of the Oxford comma and big fan of Vampire Weekend. Um, I, I was a teacher for eight years. I didn't teach English language. Uh, I taught to English language learners, so they think I'm like an English god, the green god, if you will. But um, always use an Oxford comma. Always teach it. Read a thing from uh, David Foster Wallace about how grammar is trying to control and how gr- grammar can get like really... It shapes the way you think. I don't know why. It's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know why I'm teaching you this, but this is the right way to do it. I'm not smart enough to know the explanation, but I'm smart enough to like push them into the right direction to have the right explanation, which Oxford comma objectively is the correct way to go.
1: If, if David Foster Wallace said it, I mean, that's uh David yeah, there Foster you go. Wallace? David Wallace Foster. Wallace, David Foster.
2: I... I I'm going to go with Wallace, David Foster. It's easy. It rolls off okay. the tongue. You can yeah. say it fast. Yeah. Say, nice. You could say it 10 times fast. We could just go back and forth and just keep mixing up his name. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Have the mushrooms kicked in for you? Because <laughs> They've definitely kicked in for me. <laughs> David Foster, Wallace, Wallace, <laughs> Wallace, commas.
1: All right. Question number seven. Here we go. <laughs> Last question in the survey. Life is better above or below
2: the tree line? above the tree line i'm a mountain guy and uh bogota is like 8,000 feet up I lived in colorado it's just it's it's better above the tree line and i know you wanted to get deep and philosophical but i'm taking this literally literally above the tree line set but a i'm like the I'm
1: philosophical like... questions set a is just hiking questions you don't have to get too deep on that
2: oh okay great yeah. i'm like central ponza i'm like right against the ground until it comes to well, I'm a short is basically what I'm saying. It, it would, That would have a little bit more comedic impact if you actually see me because I look tall because I position my camera like that. But um, I think it's it's an insecurity about being short. I like to be above the tree line.
1: Got it. Got it. All right. Hey, Shane, I've got to do some math here. I, I need to take your answers. I need to put them through the uh, John Freaking Mirror Pod algorithm and see where you, you fall on this. So uh, bear with me. i got to carry the three. We're going to multiply by root, root two. And then divide by pi, and we're going to adjust for just the right level of comedic timing, since we're talking to a comedian. And I, I come out with an answer of a score of forty-eight, just below, nice. just below the central line. But uh, you're not
2: below not the tree there. line.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just just below the tree line, just below.
2: Fuck, you're just you're just doing that with, to mess with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm just. I'm kind of a dumb guy, so I, I'm okay with that. Forty-eight. If we're doing it on an average scale, that's fine. Yeah,
1: And you know what? That score has the potential to adjust as we continue the interview here. It could go up. It could go, it could go down. So Going down, down, <laughs> yeah, down, down the death, down the death shoot with the two red streaks and the, uh, the one brown streak. <laughs> all right. Hey, before we get too far down the trail, Sham, let's, let's talk about your background. Where'd you grow up? How did you get involved in the through hiking cult? I'm particularly interested and you. You alluded to it earlier particularly interested in when you first became aware that there was such a thing as a trail that went from Mexico to Canada?
2: I, my wife's going to hate me for for name dropping her and hopefully she doesn't. I used to date a girl named Sarah Marshall. Yes. Like the movie, as soon as we broke up, everyone was like, just forget her, just forget her, just forget her. It. it was like a great way for the next two months to constantly be reminded that we broke up. But staying of that, girl uh, we had left uh so i grew up in in the minnesota what's wrong with me grew up in minnesota um went to school in kansas Hell yeah uh, was hired in denver worked for abc television doing ad- advertising sales for them and then she wanted to leave to guatemala and become a teacher at an american school or at like a embassy school so pursued love went and uh, Pursuit, Sarah Marshall, one of our summer breaks or one of our winter breaks, the movie Wild came out. Uh, our whole family went to see it. And I just was floored. I loved the journey. I loved the story behind it. I, as I mentioned before, it was just me and all these divorced women became just like instant Reese Witherspoon fans. And I was like, I want to be Cheryl Straight. She's my new hero. So I kind of just tucked that in the back of my brain of like, if I ever move back to the United States, that's where uh, that's what I'm going to do. After um, Guatemala, I got hired in Colombia. I lived here for three years. Um, I was going to Bangladesh. I had signed a contract. I was going to teach at their embassy school. COVID nineteen hit. Uh, Bangladesh was probably one of the last places I wanted to be during a, a global pandemic. Highly densely populated, really bad air, air pollution. I know, I know, right? It just it shows my true character and my commitment. But reneged on my contract, and I had a year in front of me, and I was like. I'm gonna hike the PCT 20 uh 2021 one. yeah, 2021. There we go. I got it. Um designed as learning pod, uh, because it was still kind of pandemic online teaching. So utilize my skills as a teacher, just worked with seven different kids, um, four first graders, two third graders, and a fourth grader. It was like a cross between Little House in the Prairie and Fight Club, because you can't talk about being a learning pod it was technically against the law and i was just making captions on the table and i wasn't making the kids fight or anything but that's another thing that we're probably gonna have to unpack later uh dump it let's move the, the on first the first so saving rule of, money
1: the first rule of learning pod is we don't talk about learning pod got it
2: don't tell your kids kids do not tell your kids which is generally as a teacher that is the 100 you can never say that like don't tell anyone anytime a teacher says that to a student, the rest of that conversation <laughs> and that relationship is definitely problematic and under question, but um, saved up enough money. I got my permit. Um, I remember sitting online, these kids were like yelling and be like, mister, we want to go outside, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, shut up kids. I'm j- I'm wait- I was waiting and line, like my little like hiker and then some random stranger out of Reddit because I got such a late uh, bid. I posted on the, the PCT group and I was like, oh, I'm never going to get this. And somebody just DM me. They're like, hey, I've got three numbers. Take mine. I was like, yeah. So I got the date that I wanted, um, saved up enough money and kind of jumped into it on a whim based on a movie.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. And I love the image of you waiting to get your 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 number, your permit. And the kids are like, hey, we want to go play. And you're like, hey, priorities, buddy, sit down. We're, we're doing this. I, I'm going to get the number.
2: I'm waiting in line, kids. I'm digitally waiting in line. Um, I've also, like, I had to do, like, a parking ticket um, trial. And I remember I was sitting there with, like, the judge who was like, why did you park there? And, like, all the kids were running around. I was like, hey, I'm a teacher. She's like, oh, you're a teacher? All right. Don't worry about this parking ticket. But it's it was always fun to picture just me sitting there on a computer. Like, because I'm sitting in, like, the, the childhood stuff. So I'm, like, in a little plastic chair. And I'm a short guy, so it wasn't that comedic. But it's funnier if people don't know how, how short I am. But kids running around, chaos. Ugh. All right. Good time.
1: Hey, we're gonna take a quick break, when we come back from the break, we're gonna get down into the nitty-gritty of your 2021 PCT hike. And we're gonna get digging a little bit more into uh what we alluded to earlier. I think you've mentioned a couple of times your your comedic status, your comedian, you're a comedian, and you actually walked what twenty six hundred plus miles to your first stand up gig. So Very interesting story coming up. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water using time released liposome technology topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it, Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, go wild, live young. This episode is sponsored by Jolly Gear. Are you tired of compromising between the ventilation of a button-down and the full protection of a sun hoodie? With the Triple Crown button-down, you can have the best of both. Plus, their fun, standout patterns will have you the talk of the trail. Visit them at JollyGear.com. hiker owned Jolly Gear, where fun meets functional. Want to make a podcast? And welcome back. We are talking to Sean Powers, aka Shame. Uh, talked about went through our opening segments. Heard, talked about some gear. talked uh, did a very interesting um, hiking poll. And now we're going to get to the nitty gritty <laughs> of his PCT hike in 2021. So you you decided that if you ever had a chance to go back to the U.S., you're going to do the PCT. What kind of what kind of prep did you do uh, to get yourself ready for this?
2: Um, a lot of walking uh stretching nothing really like I, I, it, I had two goals in mind one was obviously hiking the pct which is an, an insane thing to even even conceive and like i i just kept reading online and and, and from other people like don't worry so much about training you, you train on the trail um so tried to walk this is like middle of winter, but as much as I could, like 10, 15 miles, just like in snow. Um, but also one of my, my goals was to be funny, (laughs) be good at writing, be good at like explaining my experience to people who might be through hikers might not be through hikers and trying to find that balance of like classroom differentiation. Like how do I communicate to a, a group of people that might know a little bit about this and might know a lot about this. So insanely tried to do two really complex things. Um, Fortunately, they both worked out and I would say, yeah, just like typical trying to hike as much as I can, but Minnesota is the flat, like worst state for hiking. (laughs) So I quickly realized that 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 first like week, everybody would would tell you this, but it just completely kicked my ass.
1: Now, I think, I think it's pretty common that people who are planning to do their first kind of multi-day adventure out there, their first maybe multi-month adventure, you know they, they say to themselves a lot, and the people that they're planning on hiking with. Hey, you know, it's just walking. I mean, we're just walking. That's uh, you know, you you kind of have, have this anxiety of the, the length of the trip, but you know, really, it, we're we're just walking. Was that was that a common thought as you approach the start date?
2: Yeah, like that kind of stuff. Like maybe want to scream at people um, because there's so much more that goes into it, and it's like I I forgot I did uh, the SHT. Um, the 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 shit walk, just full of sht. It goes from Canada to Duluth, Minnesota. Um, I think it's around ninety miles. Superior hiking. Superior hike. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's two hundred to three hundred miles. And then I did Patagonia in South America. Um, uh, Machu Picchu. I did a summer camp uh, for three years, three different summers in Switzerland and Austria. So I did a lot of hiking out there. So. A little by like more or less nothing to the extent of what the PCT could ever be, but those experiences help shape and help kind of push me into like don't worry it's just walking, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, and at, at what point in the hike, or did you know before the hike that uh, you wanted to do stand-up comedy?
2: I think anyone that's ever like successfully told a joke thinks I could do this. And I'm kind of one of those just like insanely stupid people who just jumps into things. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it full on. So Raging Pandemic is when I wanted to start my comedic career. And of course, I I started on Zoom, which is like not a great medium at all to do comedy. But I found this one room where it was, it had the feeling of like an open mic or a live open mic. So it was terrible. No, I'm kidding. I had an actual like good receptive audience on one side really good comedians and like I really formed a bond during the like really the lockdown with these people I've never met uh, out of Bellingham Washington so then I finally I was just I was really into uh just I called it three pages it's when you wake up right in the morning and you just start writing and you just write three complete pages just stream of thought just to get your creative juices flowing and like really help out with it, like any anxiety or, or problems throughout the day and as I'm writing it, I remember, and I still have, like, I can have the, the page flagged of the day that I came up with this. is like, what if I walked to my first special? What if I walked to Bellingham? Bellingham is, like, so close to the end of the trail. I sent the the idea like this to my friend, Nathan, and he received the idea like this. And he was like, I I love that idea. And I was like, I know, right? I'm, I'm the best. I'm amazing. And he's like, you're so amazing. But he was like, if you can walk here, I will do because he he's the the show producer and he usually does live shows but he needed to do something to keep his business going during the pandemic so that's how we found each other that's how i found it, like that, that friendship there and i just pitched him the crazy idea and he's like forget it by the time you get here hopefully the, the pandemic's gonna be over <laughs> laughably it's still not but um he said i'm gonna find you the venue i'll help you with the tickets and as i'm walking there he's like Holy shit! You're getting closer and closer. I'm gonna actually I have to do this work. I didn't think you were you were gonna follow through with this. Um, so again, blacked out on the question. I don't know where I was going with this. Uh, back to you, Doc. <laughs> uh,
1: when did you decide you're gonna be a stand-up comedian? And so you you've got the gig lined up, um, and you obviously. I mean, how far into the trip were you at this point?
2: The idea came. It, it, it was twofold. I'm going to do the PCT, but I'm going to walk to my first comedy show. So from, from like the inception of this, okay. I, right. through just like, um, I, I remember it was like the, 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 the summer before I was going to leave the Bangladesh. And I kept talking to like everybody. I was like, I'm thinking of going to Bangladesh, but I really, what if I just tried hiking? What if I tried comedy and everyone who listened to me was like, stop you, your Pat, like you clearly don't want to do option a. Just because you have a contract doesn't mean you have to go through with it. Like you're not an indentured servant. The the school in Bangladesh didn't have a plan to get me there. They couldn't pay me till I was there. Um, I had to work. uh, It's 14 hour difference, so I'd be working all night. Um, I wasn't going to get the training that I needed. It was international baccalaureate, so IB school. So I wasn't going to get the IB training. So I was like, okay, you can't pay me. You you can't provide a place for me to live or, or pay for like internet or anything. I have to work for, I, I don't have healthcare. They, they couldn't provide healthcare in the United States either. So I was like, I can't have healthcare in, in a pandemic. So it was really easy to get out of that contract. Um But that's sounds what like I decided are like to
1: justify, justify leaving those kids behind and just, you know what? I'm not going to, I am not going to help you. I've got other things to do kids. There's a pandemic going you know, on. You're not that important.
2: I've accepted my shame. These kids are really privileged. Like these kids are They're, they're not, they're, they don't need me. I needed them. This was totally a selfish I, attention. I just needed 15 kids a day, or 15 kids per class to just listen to my like, just shitty jokes. E, sorry, swear. Um, I decided I'm gonna try it, so I, I downloaded a comedy book because I'm a nerd, and it, it ended up being uh, Jim, Jim Gaffigan's teacher. And I got uh, he was one of my favorite comedians, especially being from the Midwest. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome! I reached out to him. I was like, hey, super inspired by your book. I never knew how much art uh, or sorry, how much science went into the art of like joke writing and how strategic it is and just how much work and time and brevity and just weighing of words and syllables and timing, everything. I was completely blown away. I just thought it was like a natural gift. Uh, So I reached out to him and he's like, hey, I'm doing an online class. Usually you have to be in New York. Do you want to take it? So I took his class and then i just started doing online zoom shows i'd go to open mics if there were any. there was a couple of like like speakeasy type of open mics
0: rogue, and rogue comedy
2: felt, houses oh rogue comedy houses! only all, all true comedy fans would go or the people who didn't give a shit about COVID. um parallel it it feels like it's like in hindsight it's it's hard to figure out when the inception of an idea started but everything kind of came together and i was like this marks the perfect like chapter of my life where i can take a break from teaching i'm trying to do something like completely selfish which is a through hike and completely selfish which is pursue comedy while the world's kind of in a in a pause and then kind of figure it out later and i'm super glad i did it
1: nice now shame how many how many well you think there's a higher percentage of stand-up comedians that come from the teaching ranks i mean they have an engaged audience uh five days a week and this is a chance to try out the routine test things out did you know that jeff garmeyer jeff garmeyer well well he's not a a stand-up comedian he is a substitute teacher uh jeff garmeyer is uh he's he did the triple triple crown calendar year triple crown are you familiar with Uh him at all
2: no i i know most substitute teachers i'm just not familiar with them
1: no jeff (laughs) jeff garmeyer is a thru hiker (laughs) Uh, Uh, no, I got that. (laughs) Yeah. He's legendary. In fact, his trail name is legend and he is, he's been on the, on the podcast a few times. He's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, he's not officially a stand-up comedian, but he he should be, but I, I just, I just marvel at, uh, the unique gift that those kids are getting when he shows up as a substitute in their classroom on on some special day. So.
2: Some kids liked me. Some kids just, couldn't either it was too cheesy or like i brought up issues that they had with their moms and dads that just like didn't want to like like they're not emotionally ready to to accept or express and i'm also not at the point where i'm ready to emotionally accept or express um i took my job really seriously but i like to have fun and that was one of the biggest things that i learned uh actually taking kids uh, um we took them out of the country we did like a world war ii trip this was uh the kids in guatemala so we went to germany um czech republic and poland And I remember goofing around with the kids. They're like, mister, you're never like this in class. I was like, what do you mean? I'm always like this. They're like, no, you're so serious. You're so strict. So I remember my first couple of years, I think I was compensating for my age, kind of my height, but mostly my age. Uh, So I kind of grew up my beard and I was like pretty strict. And I was like, didn't inject my personality that much. And it was like one of those moments where it just like clicked and I was like, I need to be myself. So every single year, not only did I get better, but my relationship with kids got better and it You've got a captive audience any teacher needs to recognize like there needs to be an element of entertainment in order to, to get the kids attention you're getting them to do something that they they do not want to do you got to get them to listen but the hard thing is they always remember the jokes they never remember the content or the analogies always and like years later kids reach out and be like remember when you said this and i'm like yeah but like what was the context They're like i don't know i didn't learn anything i'm like thanks so maybe I wasn't a great teacher. <laughs> I was just well, an I amateur comedian. I think that's a, amazing. A professional babysitter.
1: I think that's amazing. You took them on a World War II field trip. You took them all the way back to World War II. I mean, uh, just the, the technology involved there is, is phenomenal.
2: Well, they were pretty dumb kids. I just had to paint, paint everything black and white, and it just it it worked. They're like, "Wow, this is amazing."
1: <laughs> all right, now your comedy is it is it is it based on? through hiking type stuff or, or is it, is it, uh, tailored to, uh, you know, all kinds of different topics. Give a are you, are you, you have a specific genre?
2: Well, I, I feel, I feel like a fraud. I am going to turn my, my name from shame to fraud or sham. I'm a sham. So just rearrange their letters. There we go. I'm a sham because I, as soon as this, I, I had two sold out shows and as soon as it was done, my, my family went to both shows and they came down and they were all like teary eyed proud of me. I've never felt so good. And I remember at the end of that, I was like, I will be searching for this feeling for the rest of my life until I get an HBO special until I get a full-time, whatever, uh, my, my own Netflix special. I got what I was looking for through the hike and through writing. So it started off as information about me, talking about me, I'm an egomaniac but you got to find your voice somehow so I'm, I'm talking about teaching i'm talking about traveling i noticed that it was really hard especially in the midwest to talk about like my travel experiences because i would just come across as this like pretentious douchebag but i think i am a pretentious douchebag so maybe my true colors were coming up but your first time on stage are really awkward you got to get through the, the poorly written stuff you got to get through the bad stuff and even a year and a half into my comedic journey my comedic career still everything eludes like newbie hack comedy just like half half-assed ideas like I knew that if I continue to pursue it it takes about 10 years to become a like an actually good comedian I could have gone down that road but with when you get into you in your 20s you think you can do everything when you get into your 30s you're like you can you can do anything but you can't do everything so I was like I could go down this route of comedy and be happy, but it's always chasing that high, and I got that high. Or I could start a family with the 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 woman I asked to marry me, uh, who I met in Colombia, and talking about um, yeah, kids together, a future together. I was like, that's the route I want. I got I got what I needed. I got my my jollies out, and the show was designed to just share the experience of me through hiking, jokes about through hiking to kind of prep people up a few stories from the trail that would call back to the jokes. So it was like entertaining in and of itself. You don't have to be a thru-hiker, but you should, like, if you're going to watch it, that, that you're going to, the jokes will resonate a little bit harder. I don't know. Jokes resonate hard, but.
1: That came at me hard, bro. Uh,
2: here we go. We're going to use the C word. and I'm not going to use it. I see. I could read your face. I'm not going to go down that route, but um, started off about myself, about my experiences, and it just became exploratory. And I was like, this is a really fun way to tell my story on the PCT to kind of lead that chapter to put a bow on it. And as soon as I was done, I was just like, okay, I, d- I don't want to keep going down that route. I I, I I liked it. It was fun. I thought I was good at it. Now I'm going to go to this path in life.
1: Yeah, you know, some people finish a long through hike like that and they they write a memoir or they... Uh, record some YouTube videos and share that with the world. Or they, you know, they they make a doc they find somebody, they make a documentary. I've talked to all all each one of those types of people. Uh I have not talked to somebody whose culminating event of or a way to memorialize the event uh is someone who does a, a stand-up comedy routine. Did you have any jokes that that really bombed?
2: Oh absolutely so many jokes. And I remember the one of the ones because I was surprised about the reaction because I was doing the setup. And I was like, through hiking is one of the most selfish things you can do. But then I was expecting a, a few chuckles, but everyone kind of pulled back, which is opportunity for comedy gold, because you can really surprise them with, with the way in which you take that. And you've really captured their attention. But it felt like the the the, the rug was ripped right under my, my uh, feet. <laughs> that's that's the word I was looking for, feet. The rug was just ripped out right in front of me. And I was just move on. Um and I was surprised. I didn't know what to do, and I totally forgot the rest of my set. And I just kind of sat there for a little bit, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And so I started to make a joke about it, and people could see the vulnerability, and it caused them to laugh. And I started making jokes about it, and it caused them to laugh. And I was like, "Oh my god, I remember!" And like the way in which I'm talking to you is the way I would do stand up comedy was kind of a little bit all over the place. I had written it out from like beginning to end. This is exactly the the the, the set. This is the callback. Like the the different people that i met as like stand-up mentors my old stand-up teacher different people i met along the way really helps and they're like wow this is you are a writer because i feel like there's two comedy camps there's those that go up and they write by doing it live they go up with a few ideas and they figure out the wording and structure and they, they commit to memory by doing it over and over and over again and figuring it out live by seeing reactions then there's more of like i, I would say the writing camp and it's creating a story and creating structure which could be could shoot yourself in the leg because the moment that somebody stops paying attention just for a second they might miss some vital information that you have as your callback or if you do any sort of like play with words you got to make sure that everybody's paying attention the whole time or it's just simple or direct enough that even if you're half listening you'll still get the joke so I'd say that that time, and it, it screwed it screwed me because as soon as I lost my, my footing, as soon as I lost my place, I was like, oh my gosh. And then I told a bunch of jokes and then I thought like, about the situation. I started to tell other jokes and then I realized that I got to a punchline and I hadn't told any of the prior jokes before. So I was like, oh my God, I completely messed it up. Let me start over and like I did this whole like reverse thing. It did get maybe some pity laughs out there, but I, I thrive with pity laughs. So I was like, I'm gonna take that as a win. Retold the jokes; it still got a laugh, and then just moved on. <laughs> that's
1: uh, that's like a, a worst nightmare, right? I mean, you, being up in front of a, a crowd, knowing that you you've got something that you want to say, and, and completely drawing a blank. I mean, how uncomfortable is that? That
2: that's uh, that's it's that's one of those things that you learn over the ten years. Like you learn how to. Ralphie May is a is a pretty famous standup comedian, yeah. and mm-hmm. he had this rule system where he would. He has to have 10 points every time he did any standup show. He'd give himself one point if uh, he came up with a joke on the spot. He give himself three points if he could rearrange his set and still get the same structure. And then um, two points if he came up with a new tag at the end of the joke of what he would say, and then a follow up to get a couple more laughs out of that, with that first joke. So I think it's one of those things where it's like, and now I realize that you have to be just so relaxed up there and just, it has to feel natural. If it feels scripted, People don't like it, but when it feels spontaneous, you just get these like boom laughs and a professional comedian can trick the audience into, into thinking they're coming up with it on the spot. Because if you see a comedian and they usually do like four or like two uh, sets or three sets throughout the night. And if you watch him every single time, the first time, you're like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. The second time, you're like, every single improv moment, he's planned. Every single question, it's like a magician. They knew the workflow of how to get it to the joke and then how to work with that. And just over years and years of having those awkward rug moments, you learn to thrive and actually want that authenticity. So debilitating, but a great teaching moment if I were to continue to pursue comedy.
1: Nice. Now you, you have your set written out ahead of time. You're not one of those guys that goes up there just to to do some riffing up there. Hey, where's everybody from? Hey, anybody from Wild or uh, who, who's from and uh, you know, kind of uh, going from that point.
2: I <laughs> hate when that happens. I love when they're good at it, but it's just like, it's so cheesy or like what next, what else, what else, what else? It's like, dude, like just, Fucking stop wasting my time, especially if you paid for it. If it's like an open mic for it, it's free, who cares? It's, it, it's fun and that's part of it. It's like part of the, the show. It's it's how they develop as well. But it they're one of the things that I learned in the book is that there's a there's a vast difference in when people come to a free show. And when I was doing like my little trail shows, because every night I tried to do five minutes around the campfire like not trying to be disrespectful i'd be like okay anybody want a free comedy show and people are like yeah like that sounds awesome so i'd bring them over to a spot where people weren't sleeping in practice and usually those went really well but they're also thinking this is participatory so they're like i was like dude fuck, shut up you're fucking up my timing you're, you're fucking up my flow which is a great way to get better at your timing your flow and be able to work with that but on the other side of things when people pay for it they have the expectation of like you're professional I'm paying, I got a babysitter. I'm out tonight. So what's the show?
1: Yeah. Be good. And you know what? I, I felt a little bit of your pain right there because in my mind leading up to that, that last thing about riffing and anybody from Idlewild or hikertown, you know, I thought that, I'd get that, that was pretty funny. I thought I'd get a couple of chuckles from you, you know, doing my own little comedy set here, but uh, you know, not even a
2: smile as I, as I, as I delivered that. Well, that's cause I was thinking about the next thing I would say, like I said, I'm obsessed with myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is great all right so it went very well in bellingham then you you got yeah. your you got your moment in the sun and it, it really it paid off
2: yep i got i got my 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 jollies out and um the, the other nice thing is i used my like sales background i used my advertising skills to like, call people and i was looking for sponsorships they're just calling like random like i would just pick up like the bellingham daily and i'd see all the advertisers in there and i would just call and say hey um, I'm actually a comedian and I'm looking for sponsors for my show. And they're like, Oh, maybe next time. And I'm like, what do you mean next time? I just walked from Mexico. I'm not doing this again. And this is a show about that. And they're like, well, actually you kind of got me like, tell me more. And then I eventually got, uh, six people to sponsor. So it paid for the, um, uh, the stage time. And it also paid for a lot of the, the, the marketing material that, that Nathan, um, Bellingham entertainment, shameless plug <laughs> from shame um that he spent i'm sorry yeah just wipe that in post just delete that later um he spent a little bit of money like buying tickets we got like a marquee um it was a like a really well thought out fun i had i paid to um people that were in the zoom um comedy stuff to open for me we did a couple shows to promote it um it was was a fun time i was i I would say it was successful but i'm biased
1: some some yeah biased uh, some uh some <laughs> comedians they have gimmicks some, some comedians have gimmicks I mean Gallagher you know he, he yeah had the, the matic out and he would smash watermelons and other things you I mean your gimmick uh, I don't know how many times you can do it is you know you walk 2700 miles to your to your comedy show
2: I thought for a while like on those those painful days where I was like am I just like an exhibitionist comedian I was like what am I doing out here I was like what's next am I going to swim to my next show do I have to like skydive into like an arena and start performing. And I was like, who, who the, who the fuck do I think I am where I'm going to sell out an arena? But then I was like my favorite band Queens of the stone age is like opening for me, but it's cause I was listening to them. And I just have this like crazy idea that I can, I can really do anything that I want. Um, oh, I, thought you I came did have with an Air idea course. for
1: I, I, I thought, it, I mean, no, Air no, no, not, playing not on the stage not, when you, when you, when you walked out.
2: I can't afford Katy Perry, and that does bring up <laughs> shitty memories, like pun intended. There, but um, <laughs> I I, I got to come out to something like a little bit more energy, and sh- she'd steal the show. Hey, you remember? You the kind guy of look that- like the guy from Queens of the Stone Age, by the way.
1: Do I? Okay, well, I, I certainly don't make his his uh, his scratch. So, um, you remember the guy that jumped from the edge of the atmosphere, the edge of space? Yeah, that, that's that's, gonna that's your next. Gonna be that's gonna be like your me. next gig. That's your next gig. You, you you jump from that height and you land. Uh, right at the front door of, of the comedy, the next comedy uh, club and you walk in?
2: We'll call it crashing. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um. What was I going to say? Nah, who cares? I threw
1: you off. I threw you off. My oh, apologies.
2: Oh, that's the only way I can get attention. No, you didn't throw me off. That was, dude, half of the, like, most of the comedy is coming from you anyway today. But, <laughs> um, I feel like that's the only way I can get attention is by doing crazy things. But, um, hey, got, I got some people to buy tickets. I got some people interested. So maybe that, that I should be just a gimmick comedian. What's wrong no, with gimmick comedian?
1: No, right. Yeah. I mean, it probably bought a little sympathy too. I mean, the, 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 oh, the, yeah. the jokes, the jokes are a little weak, but I mean, this guy did walk 2,700 miles to get here. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to laugh. I'm going to clap. I'm going to make them feel good
2: well you know like there's a certain point in the hike where like everyone gets slap happy and you just think like the weirdest things are funny i remember like we, we had this contest to go to up to how many day hikers and just be like hey man, you got to listen to this song and you just give them your, your earphones and like authentic so you just like sit and wait and they're like yeah this is great or like it was just the weird stuff that you find funny or where you're just laughing so hard that you spill peanut butter all over your your hiking stuff and you just you're crying laughing over nothing it's because you're exhausted it's because you have this shared experience so I was like scared is gonna get up there like some crazy mountain man to be like ah you know how many shoes I went through to get here And just like whoa like he is way too Ted Kaczynski he's not he's not funny <laughs> hey
1: shame that's that's where our listeners are right now they are trauma bonding uh over this experience yes right now. yeah
2: <laughs> that was probably the best uh compliment I ever got from somebody who they said, Hey, I heard about your show uh, from another through hiker. And I decided to like drive out to Bellingham. So I was like, that is fucking cool. You started talking. And they're like, you articulated my experience. And I was like that. I don't care if it was like funny or not funny. It's just like, that was my goal. And to hear that unprompted from somebody, I was like,
1: <gasps> thank you. Nice. Now we heard about your slide down the death shoe. Did you have any other uh, type two fun experiences out there on the trail?
2: oh um i so when you get to um washington you know how there's that right after like rainier there's that cabin i think it's like it, it's named after somebody but it's like the only cabin in uh, washington everyone's so excited to poop there and i remember it was one of those moments where I, I finally got, and I have I have a, like a whole story about it, but just to, to 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 make it fast, one of my worst experiences on the trail. I almost quit. I remember I called my mom and I was like, "I'm done." She's like, "You're so close," and I was like, "It feels like when you're sending a message with low service, and just the, the phone message goes really quick, and it stops, and it just takes forever with that last little part." I was like, "The PCT was that," and I got to this moment, and I just didn't want to continue, but. I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, I have to poop now. And it was like, I usually count down from a hundred, but I counted down from like 10. Cause I was like, I got to get downstairs, run across, get outside. It's like wet and everyone's cold and it just sucks. And I got into the, um, into the, 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 Biffy and I pulled it up and it was like, I just got blasted in the face with this, like, just fuck like shh, poop smell. And I started to gag. And then when I started to gag, it just unleashed. Unfortunately I had my I had my pants on, but it was like the scene in the Exorcist and it was just chaos. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And part of my gag gifts or like being gimmicky is that I had toilet paper with my face on it because I wanted to promote the show and it had like Sean Power's comedy show and the date of the, the Bellingham show. And it's like I follow on Instagram for more on every of the little like pieces on this toilet paper and the irony or maybe it's not ironic maybe it's like the the Alanis Morissette version of ironic but i had to clean up that entire mess with that entire roll of toilet, toilet paper with my own face on it so it was like shame just cleaning up shame and just dumping and it, it i ran out of toilet paper and i was like i still have a couple like i still have a, a while to go before we hit the next town so i just used my my buff and threw away the buff but i was just mortified and i washed my hands with like uh, the rest of my Purell. fortunately was right after pandemic so everybody's got hand sanitizer uh washed my hands in the cabin i, I, I just make sure everything was clean but like i went through like it was an hour of me just like the worst experience i've ever been the lowest i've ever been at that point point. and i got to a point with service and i remember calling my mom i was like i'm done i can't i can't do this anymore fortunately i met Two other um, a hiker named K-pop or K-town and uh, a few other hikers, one named Stilts, that like really brought me back up and convinced me to go because I was like, "Nope, I'm gonna get this hotel room." Um, One of my hiker friends, Sunshine was he's he's going to Whitman College so he was actually like hey shame I'm like really close we're gonna drive by I was like I'm fucking done I I've quit and then the next day I was like it's fine it's not big deal it's kind of funny but I remember every day until I finished that hike I checked gut hooks on that cabin to be like hopefully no one has seen my shame the mark of shame just like everywhere
1: that is a story right there that uh that was made me really uncomfortable at times so yes I appreciate you telling
2: that yeah I, I have, I'm really good at making people feel uncomfortable. <laughs> hey,
1: uh, Shame. You have to do yourself a favor and and listeners write this down. Hit pause for a second, get it, get a pencil, a writing utensil of some sort, write this down. If, if uh, bathroom humor is your thing, I've got a great story for you. I was shared with me about uh, 25 years ago. It is still out there. It is, it is gold. Uh, just do a, a Google search for Ryan's steakhouse ryan's steakhouse and maybe throwing the the tagline uh hot macaroni ryan's steakhouse hot macaroni see what pops up uh you should come up with a, a story about the move and that's all i'm going to say at this point that that's uh, that's enough i don't want to i don't wanna spoil anything take a take a read of that it is well worth your time if uh if that is your kind of humor because this is a story talk about being embarrassed talk about uh uh, looking back at gut hooks and and seeing if anybody else has has uh, written about this. this is, it's kind of in a similar vein. So fantastic story. Uh, I cannot I, I've read it out loud a few times to to friends. I cannot get through the entire story without crying. I'm laughing so hard. I can't I can barely get the words out at times. So it's you know that you after after reading that story, you'll have a little more insight into the humor of of Doc, but uh, it's it's
2: great. I'm definitely gonna check that out. I love that kind of stuff because it's it's that certain level of through hyper humor. It's just yeah. you you say one word where you're just like, "boop," we're 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 connected, and it's just everything that that person is when they're telling a story. You're just like, you, you can't breathe, like you're just laughing so hard. And so many people have so many of those stories. As soon as you get them talking about something like, it, it, like a terrible experience, and I mean, that's like really where comedy is born from. It's just like trauma, shame, terrible experiences, but let's look at it in a funny light or let's look at it and let's use that to help us get through. And I I love reading stuff like that. So I'm definitely going to check out the, the macaroni steak story. Yeah. <laughs> I no, wrote it okay. down. Don't worry. <laughs> yep. uh, terrible
1: experiences, shame, um, perfect material out there on the trail because it's a unique phenomenon on the trail that you are talking to strangers who within five minutes of meeting you are telling you some of the deepest, darkest stories from their lives. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable how quickly the connections are made and the stories that are shared out there.
2: That's like tenfold. Cause I lived abroad for six years. And when you meet travelers, it's, it's similar where you, you kind of cut through a lot of the BS and you get right to, more of a, like an authentic friendship and those friendships last for a like lifetimes um through liking takes that to a, an entire another level because you've got so much of a story is built into the experience of tell me the story of your of your name tell me what was it like at this place what was it like there it's all it's it's really just it's it taps into our you know, prehistoric times where that's where information was shared and stored and one of my only like wishes that if, if I had a time machine is that I could do a through hike without the internet, or I could travel the world without the internet because it really does pull people and forces people to rely on each other to get into vulnerable, vulnerable moments where they can't ask questions. Cause there's a language barrier and it creates this like level of human. Uh, the, the, you can't, I'm not smart enough to articulate it, but I can see you're nodding. So you, you, you get what I'm saying. Uh, but it's the same with through hiking where you're your own source of entertainment, where it's great because you don't have service and gut hooks is, is a fun tool, but it is kind of nice to just go into the unknown and just talk about what was your experience like at the desk shoot? What was your, uh, did you see this creepy guy just kind of how trail gossip spreads, um, really similar to herpes. Like it's, it's basically the same, but it's just, it just explodes everywhere. At least that was my experience. I don't know.
1: Yeah, uncomfortable again. And I have a healthy respect <laughs> for people who did these trails, the AT, the PCT, you know, 20, 30 years ago, before you could carry the internet in your pocket. Uh just amazing the the sense of adventure and and striking out into the unknown that these people did. It's just uh, absolutely mind-boggling.
2: Yep. And it was fun seeing a lot of a lot of hikers had done. I met a, a hiker named Happy, and he is 92 he's done the p this is his third time doing the pct he did the um at three times and he just did the cdt twice wow uh, he was like pct is my favorite and he was just telling every, every time one he was a teacher two he he like loved comedy um i'm a really big john steinbeck fan and so is he so we've just talking, kind of like geek out about that so every time i saw happy of course he's happy but that's his experience with everyone. And when I found out that everyone had that experience, it kind of like hurt a little bit. It's like meeting your hero. You're like, Oh, you're like this with everybody. But, um, he would always tell us stories on, on the trail of like, we would go to phone booths and there'd just be like, fix like mountains of quarters because other through hikers, one, they don't want to carry the weight. And two, that's the only like source home. It's just, you know, putting it in, punching in the numbers and then talking and catching up. And he said like so many stories and, Things were shared It's just like laying, waiting in the line for the phone booth. And I was like, oh, that would be such a fun experience where like when we go into town, we got to charge our phones. We got to message. We got to update social media. We got to upload our YouTube videos and tell everybody what, what we just saw rather than just still living in that authentic, weird hiker culture moment where you're <laughs> – you, you, you then realize how smelly you are, dirty you are, and just out of place you look. And you really just don't care at that point because you're surrounded by other people who are just like, uh, let them stare. But most people get it. It's like really the only places that, that don't are like Tahoe and, and a few others where they're just like, I don't know if you're homeless or on drugs or maybe a little bit of both. And it kind of was a little bit of both.
1: Nice. John Steinbeck. Grapes of Wrath, one of the greatest books ever written. So I'm I'm with you on that.
2: Yeah, that's all that needs to be said. There we go.
1: There we go. Hey, uh, Shane, what's next for you? What's the next big adventure? Are we are we taking on the AT? Are we taking on the CDT? Are we uh are we oh. doing the Great Western Loop? What what's going on?
2: Um, I had one idea, so I'll, I'll share my idea because this was going to be my pursuit for the next like six months is to to, to, to sign a TV deal. And I had reached out just to Outside Magazine. The guy was like, "If you can put together like a sizzle reel and this and that, I will pitch it for you and like help you with this." And I, it got to the point where I started calling people, and just I realized the like vindictive and just vulture nature, which is the entertainment industry, because everyone was just trying to nickel and dime. I just didn't know enough about anything where they're like, oh, you need like 20 grand. You need 15 grand to put in a real sizzle reel. You're going to have to do the PCT again and refilm all this stuff so we can put together a a mock. And I was just like, this is so much work. But the idea was to do the AT and to do it as hiking to my second comedy special. But I do each section with a different type of comedy. So The first section would be stand-up with uh, another stand-up comedian that we would... the, The whole episode would be Probably like 200 miles or like 400 miles, so it's it's going to be a lot of there's a lot of material there, but I think edited together would make like a really entertaining 30 or 60 minute section of this is a professional and I'm teaching them how to through hike and they're teaching me how to do stand up. The second would be uh, voice acting and, and impressions. The third was going to be sketch comedy and creating like sketches. So it's not just about stand up. And then finally at the end, all of us do a show that we've planned. In conjunction together at the end at uh either in uh Catan. i don't know i'm bad with names you, you already know yeah. I, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a sham or, or or new york but that was going to be what i wanted to pitch and most people are like interesting i don't know if it would have a lot of appeal and i was like there's so much about striking that people just don't know and there's so much gold there so that was the idea I kind of lost steam because my next adventure is starting a life with uh, my fiance, Natalia, um, pursuing that. I got a, 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 desk job. I went through the lowest of the lowest. I seriously undermined um, trail post-trail depression. I, I I knew about it, but I didn't think how hard it would hit me and how much weight I would gain. I gained all my trail weight and then some back, um, it was a it was a tough spot, and I planned this like month long vacation in, in Guatemala with Natalia, an and I spent like, kind of like the whole time down in the dumps, thinking like, "What am I going to do in the future?" I, I spent the whole time like existential worry, which the, everything about the tra- trail. You, I got six months of bliss, and then I didn't know how bad it was going to be. So I was like, "I don't want to do comedy anymore. I don't want to do the sketch show anymore. I'm just going to get a job. I just want to be the the boring guy like as as like a." A character that the main character walks by like just like just just a glimpse just an accountant and just be happy at my nine-to-five job and then i started at a nine-to-five job and i was like get me the fuck out of here you've become creed on the office also my favorite band but yes i've become creed like just <laughs> no that, i i undermined your joke that was awesome <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right you know wait 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 i asked you i was looking for the next adventure and way to bring us down into the the sense of existential dread uh that's i think it's oh, a yeah. good place that's a good place to uh to move on to our next segment the pro tip insight of the week all right Shane, here we are we're, we're towards the end of the episode it is time to to share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better what have you been holding back in store for us
2: oh my god i just crumble under pressure <laughs> I would say um, you're going to meet people on the trail that planned every single moment. You're going to meet people on the trail that didn't plan anything. And within two weeks, the unplanners become the planners and the planners become the unplanners. You can think you can have all these boxes but you're going to hate that food you're going to think you have all this gear that's perfect you're going to switch it out throughout your your time there and you're actually going to gonna stop caring about the gear at all you're like whatever like i've, I've gotten so used to this that nothing can I, you feel unstoppable in terms of your gear so it's just like all those hours and anxiety and plans just what a waste of time but all those anxiety hours and plans got me to the starting line and got me to actually go but then for the non-planners, those that are just, oh, figure it out. I'm just going to do it. They'll quickly learn, like, oh, shoot, I should have known X, Y, and Z. And they'll learn in a couple of weeks. So it just, there's never going to be a perfect moment. It's like seeing a train pass by and, and waiting for the the, the the right empty car to jump into. What's always going to feel too fast when you're looking down there or looking up here, you Just you just kind of got to go for it. So that would be my, my tip is there's no perfect tent. Everybody's got different tents and that pretentious level of judging and it becomes really gossipy and really like some for the first two months is everybody's just judging each other. They're all looking oh, he's got that. This is his level of hiking. Oh, he's got a, a stand up tent. This guy's a joke or REI brand. What is he doing out here at the, there comes a point where that just like ego is shattered and that, that shell is shattered and just do it. Don't, wait for the perfect moment don't have the perfect plan have a little bit of both but i kind of just find the middle way buddhism
1: love it i love it that's outstanding so there you have it that's it this episode is just about in the books hope our listeners enjoyed our our time with shame want to thank him for joining us this week sean how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures and your next comedy show
2: I uh, would love if people followed me on Instagram. It's Sean powers, all one word, but you have to type that, out all one word. And that's, it,
1: that's literally it. It's Sean powers, all one word. You have to include all one word in the, in the title.
2: And it's like a lone word too. With, with two L's. but Sean powers, all one word. And it's really hard to explain that to people. Cause they'll type in Sean powers. I'm like, no, 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 all one word there. It is all one word. And I'm, it's like, you have to add all one word. Like, I don't even know why I'm adding you. And I'm just like, forget it. And you move on. Um, I'm your going Instagram, to...
1: your Instagram handle is a is a long form joke in itself. I mean, I, that's that's uh, that's <laughs> awesome.
2: And then uh, YouTube is the same. I'm gonna re. I had my comedy special behind a paywall, but really only like my mom and my relatives bought it. So I might as well just give it up to the world. Um, so you can find me on YouTube. Same thing. Sean Powers all one word. All one word. Not Sean Powers all one word. All one word. But like Sean Powers all one word. Stop. Got it. Search. Enter.
1: Got it. I also have to say that you are one of the most expressive guests with your hand gestures that I've ever had. Your hands have been in motion for for the entire time that we've been talking, which is just <laughs> fantastic.
2: Very handsy guy. Handsy guy. And now you I, I make people uncomfortable and I'm very handsy.
1: Those are good things to have in a teacher. That's awesome. <laughs> Touching
2: All the right. future.
1: <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Uh, hey, remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakingmirror at gmail.com. And I don't say this often enough, johnfreakingmirror at gmail.com does not have a G in it. It's Muir. It's like, you know, the cool version, johnfreakingmirror at gmail.com. Freaking mirror the adventure
2: media recommendation
1: all right shame i'm also looking to you to share a recommendation for a book movie documentary website something uh, out there about uh, outdoor adventures that's going to keep our listeners connected to the trail in the off season we call this our adventure media recommendation what do you have for us any any recommendations other than wild i, I don't know if you i don't know if you're planning on going with wild since it was such a, a big inspiration do you have anything else
2: I know people in the AT hated uh, Bill Bryson. I really liked that. That I liked his book and I, he didn't even do it, but who cares? He 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 articulated it really well. It was a fun read. Um, I actually wouldn't recommend that one. I should have prepared this. Um, Andrew Skirka, I don't know. Do you want the, like, the, the answer that I should give you or do you want to answer that? Ah, okay, this is the one I would give you. If you're doing a through hike, listen to um, Hardcore History by Dan Carlin that is the best use of just like 18 hours of your life and he he just keeps you going and entertained. And I was a big, like uh, people love, Oh, I love nature. I love walking around. I love being distracted. No, I'm totally in distractions, content, fill up my, my day. I don't want to have to think in my own thoughts. So just like completely wipe my, my consciousness, hardcore history. One of the best podcasts that I listen to on the PCT besides the John freaking mirror without a G podcast.
1: Nice, go. nice. That was that was a little bit of whiplash there. I wasn't sure which direction we were going. We started with Bryson. We went to Skirka and landed on hardcore history. That was quite a ride.
2: There you go. I told you I'm, I'm the, the epitome of a throw-up, just all over the place. Okay. <laughs> What have we not asked you?
1: And before we wrap things up, one more segment for you called, what have I not asked you that you're dying to tell us about? What, what did we miss today?
2: Um, I don't want to be like annoying and, and talk about the special. I would love if more people watch it just because you would enjoy it. I had one of the worst and most awkward experiences. Um, and one of the like just most like trail drama experiences. So like I told the poop story and I also told the, um, I don't know i told a lot of a lot of the stuff i'm just forcing my my own content in. i think you asked me enough and i think i talked too much um and did i talk about myself i don't know we'll have to review the tape because i love watching myself as well so i'm definitely going to watch this at this point i'm just kind of rambling and searching for an answer to buy time and um have i left you with anything that you're like the fuck? are you talking about one and two did you get dropped on your head as a kid and the answer is yes uh here a big scar over here here and here and i've had three concussions so i think this might lead into why i'm so like like a like a short fuse but um yeah i'm a short-circuiting person anyway what was the question (laughs)
1: uh actually i have a follow-up question shame i I think there's so much there's a lot of uncovered ground here and i would love to have you back on the the podcast when you have some more time and we'll do we'll do a follow-up we'll uh We'll explore this a little bit more. What do you think?
2: That'd be fun. I would love that. This was this was a great... Ah, Jesus, I'm <laughs> the worst. <laughs> this this was really fun. I love talking about you, but it just goes to the back that I, I love talking about myself. So if people like this, you might just delete it. But if, if people like this, I'd love to be back on it and I would love to share more stories. And, and I want to learn more about you. I want to know more about your name. Have you done through hikes? What through X have you done? What would you do differently if it's your tool? I I'll want to know what? more about you.
1: You know what? I, I love this. Maybe we do a second episode and you are the host and you interview me.
2: Let's do it. Uh, do you, it might, you might just be like, this is the worst idea ever midway through, but we'll have fun doing it.
1: Okay. Well, that is a wrap from the John Freaky Mirror Studio. Any shout outs to friends and family, Sean?
2: Shout out to my fiance, Natalia, my mom and dad, sister, brother. New baby Noah, uh, Maddie String Uh any friends and family who decide to listen to this? Cause on my end, it's that's probably those are probably the only people that are gonna listen to it anyway. And uh shout out to you. Thank you for doing this. It's really fun. It's fun reliving these stories and it's fun talking to people about the trail. I really miss it. It's making me like, oh, it's 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 lighting that fire. Oh, there we go. It's lighting that fire in my belly again. Are you Did showing not me the
1: sweater it. or are you showing me the unusual patch of hair on your chest?
2: Which one do you want to see? <laughs> <laughs> <it> pretty lit. <laughs> that was stupid. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you've just left two red streaks and one brown streak down the length of the death chute. <laughs> the trail is the trail. Embrace the sock. <laughs>